Through the Psalms, Part 2. Hello and welcome to the Ignite Youth Podcast over here at Wayne Fleet BIC Church, where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. My name is Julie Adams and I'm joined by Pastor Wes Hillis. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. I feel like almost almost all of our times that we start a podcast, there's always something that happens. And you know, by the time I edit it, no one knows the No difference. one knows. You wouldn't know about all of the buttons I clicked yes. in the 45 seconds it took to get to this point. Yep. Um, even though you've only been listening for like 10. Exactly. <laughs> like, we've actually been here for hours. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> and just, we live here most of the time. Yes. No, I'm kidding. We don't, but... I do. <laughs> you actually do. Yes, that is true. That um, is true. But yeah, no. So there's always something fun going on. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And we are in our Psalms topic and yes. a really fun one today too. Yes, lament. Wow. Sadness. Can uh, you define <laughs> lament for us? A deep grieving or sorrow. Oh, good definition. Did you make that up yourself or did I you Google it, it? I knew it. Knew it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm a Google guy. There's an issue. I'm going to go to Google. But yeah. yeah, no, lament. We're talking about lament um, today, which is a little opposite, I guess, from what we were talking about before. So mm. last week we talked about Psalm 23, which is kind of an uplifting one, kind of a God, you are my shepherd. Mm-hmm. You guide me. You, you bring me through dark times, even when things seem bleak still wonderful still amazing yeah. still glorious still protecting me and in this psalm we see a very different outline we see a very different feeling for this and that is pain mm. it is anguish it is crying out um so psalm 22 is written by david as well um and i wanted to do psalm 23 and then psalm 22 in that order because i feel like it contrasts really simply for us how relatable david can be Mm -hmm. because we will have great days and we will have what seem to be the worst days ever yeah like when things just don't go well and people say things to us or like it's cloudy in wayne fleet and all of a sudden the internet and nothing is working and you're just like really because like and those i have 50 emails to respond to yeah yeah and those are just little annoyances yeah that's not to mention the big things that happen. Someone mm-hmm. passes away that you yeah. care about. Um, disasters happen, you know? Yeah. And so Psalm 22 fits our own category of, I think, lament and justifies a lot of sometimes what we feel. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to read Psalm 22, uh, verses 1 to 8 to start. Um, and then we're going to go from there. So this is Psalm 22, verse 1. It says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm, not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people, All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Hmm. So right away in this psalm, it doesn't even like, it doesn't start off how David's psalms usually start off. Mm -mm. So David, being a very poetic, well-known how musically this can work, because the psalms were sang. Right. Usually he goes into a 
creative way of bringing in nature, bringing in experience, bringing in something. But here it's, God, where are, why are you not here? Yeah, why have it you just, abandoned me, right? Forsaken, right. would yes. you say abandoned? Yep, yeah, absolutely. So it just he just dives right into it. There's yeah. no like intro to this really. It's just, it hits right in the middle. It's like it, it's hitting right at the climax mm-hmm. of things. Like in a movie, like you're watching, you're going through and you're waiting to be like, oh, there's a little bump in like excitement. And then like you hit the climax and it's like, Oh my, like Julie, you described a book earlier today. Yeah. And you were like, you got to the end and I was like, oh You're my like, goodness. What happened? What are they doing? Yeah. Julie's super into books. I Yeah. I love to read. <laughs> but so it's kind of like that. Like it just, it dives right in. And I, I can just imagine like hearing this Psalm or reading the Psalm for the first time again. I remember thinking, whoa, like, yeah. He where just went, is this like, coming for the, from? It was like he like went for the jugular right off right the bat. Up, right away. Like. Yeah. But I think that shows the pain mm-hmm. and the anguish that he was truly in mm-hmm. is that there wasn't any other thoughts. There wasn't a majestic or thing going on. It was just, God, why? Yeah. And we feel that. We feel that sometimes. And this is a psalm of just crying out to God. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it has a lot of negative self-talk as well. Yeah. We see that. The one that stood out to me, unless you're going to get to it later, but maybe... Anyway, um, where he says, I'm not a man, I'm a worm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh. So he's not even saying like, I'm feeling really low. He's like, to me, what I read from it is I am so low that I'm not even like down on the earth. I'm like in below the earth that I'm so low. Yeah. And yeah, kind of saying like, dark. I, I have no dignity. Yeah. Like, I, I have nothing. And, and it's that's dark. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's dark and it's cold. And it's yeah, it's just. It's everything you don't hopeless. want. Yeah. yeah, it's hopeless. That's what I think we read in these first eight verses is that there's a hopelessness. You know, we read, to really dive into it, we see David's actually really doubting God. Mm. Even though he writes in there of other people saying and mocking him about how he trusts in God, that he will deliver him and all these things. But David's doubting God at the same time mm-hmm. and saying, the first verse is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me? And in our own thoughts, like we just read Psalm 23 last week. So when we're contrasting it, we think, well, that's opposite. Because it says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm-hmm. What that's saying is that I'm with God and God is with me always. Mm-hmm. But then you read this one before. And usually we read in chronological order. So you read Psalm 22, then Psalm 23, and you're like, whoa. So with David's are coming yeah. through this. But if we were to really look at it historically, Psalm 23 most likely would have been written before Psalm 22. Interesting. So Psalm 23 most likely would have been written for Psalm 22 because David would have still been pulling on the experience of being a shepherd boy. Mm, so yeah. it was probably a song when it, written when he was younger, when he was just kind of starting out, yeah. where Psalm 22 is probably more deeper into his life. When he's being now, I, I don't remember the exact that. reason why the Psalms were categorized in the way that they were. Um, but I believe a lot of people would read Psalm 22 and then Psalm 23 and be like, okay, you can see the journey here. You can see the yeah. progress. When in reality probably would have been different yeah and so well you know what progress is rarely linear exactly yeah like it's not like and anybody any christian walk it's not linear it's not like you meet jesus (laughs) and then you grow a little bit and a little bit more and you grow a little bit more Mm -hmm. like it's often like yeah like you were just saying like you start out at the top you're like oh i found jesus i am (laughs) like whoa i'm blown away and then something happens and you're like what 
God, where are you? Where are you? What are you doing up there? Like, why am I alone now? I found yeah. you. You're supposed to help me. And then, yeah. but then you climb back up and it's, yeah. it's not linear. That's all it's I'm saying. It's not linear. It's, it's constant ups and downs and yeah. constant change and constant moving. But that's our lives as well. But progress over time should progress show time. you eventual yes. growth. Yes. And so David is really doubting God. He's doubting God so much so. Um, these negative, you know, self-toxic, kind of what you mentioned with the worm thing. David is just, he views himself as not worth anything. Mm-hmm. Like, what really is the, is the worth of a worm? Most of us would say, well, not really, not really anything. <laughs> not much. Unless you're going to put it at the end of your fish hook. I like, was just really going to say, you can buy a package for a couple bucks. Yeah. But... but so David is also saying, God, you've abandoned me. Yeah. Like, you are nowhere near me. And that, for all his cries, there's still no answer, though. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have one. And he continues on with these thoughts and how, you know, he's mocked by people, how he's being mistreated. So David's at the lowest of his lows. That's that's what this psalm, I think, entails, is that he's at the lowest of his lows. And then we can read um, verse 9. And this one's going to be a little longer. Verse 9 to 24. Mm-hmm. So verse 9 says, Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you even at my mother's breast from birth from birth i was cast on you from my mother's womb you have been my god do not be far from me for trouble is near and there is no one to help many bulls surround me strong bulls of bashan encircle me roaring lions that tear their prey open with their mouths wide against me i am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint my heart has turned to wax it has melted within me my mouth is dried up like a pot shared and my tongue sticks to the roots of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them. They cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sore, my precious life, from the power of the dog. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he is not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. Mm-hmm. So we see a massive language switch. Mm-hmm. And it all starts off with that yet. It's like when it's like when you're reading like a story or something, but then it says, but... Yes. Like you're in the darkness and you're like, but this. And yes. it's like, okay. So David really makes this drastic switch in his language of yet, which is kind of like a cornerstone. Like it's taking, like he's going one way and then switches. It's like a 90 mm-hmm. degree angle. It just turns. And in these, it starts off with this beautiful thing of how God was with him at birth. Mm-hmm. That even when he was out of his mother's womb for the first time there, that right when, you know, he is born, that instantly thrown to him to trust to him that god is someone who has been there Mm -hmm. from the very moment that he first came into this world which is a beautiful beautiful thing yeah and we see david go say that like you know there's like god don't be far from me like there's so many troubles around me Mm -hmm. his language is switched again to say he's not abandoned me but rather i may just not feel him right now Mm -hmm. and saying that god i need to feel you closer because i there's too much going on talks about these bulls and these dogs and these lions right at the beginning 
right after verse nine and right at the end when we were finishing up he mm-hmm. brings it back yeah so it's really because he's really good at poetry he just he, he's able yeah. to bring everything full circle mm-hmm. that's what we're seeing here but this psalm also has prophecy to it mm. so when reading the psalm we actually have to look at jesus as well jesus is in the center of this whole psalm so specifically reading the old testament can sometimes sound kind of like a plot of an old movie the good guys are the israelites and they're you know fighting the bad guys the nations around them you know the israelites have moments when they go off track worshiping idols and all these other things and the bad neighbors end up you know really coming at them um and in story you know there's always that happy ending Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God is on their side. Yeah, in Psalm 22 and a few other places, the good guy story doesn't fit all of it. This poem credited David, you know, the great king and the man after God's own heart tells tremendous suffering with no aid really coming from God. It's not like this terrible scene and the good guy's enemies have him. Mm-hmm. The psalmist, you know, he wavers back and forth, first crying out of misery, then taking a stop for God's wondering character. But there's prophecy here that if we just if we just read it, if we were just to read the Old Testament, we'd be like, oh, this is really interesting. David's really kind of calling himself like the anointed one. Yeah. But it's not what he's referring to. So he's actually referring to Jesus. Mm. See, it's such a poetic description of David's troubles, but Jesus and the writers of the New Testament saw something more in it. See, afterwards, when his disciples wanted to explain you know, his life and suffering, they turn to the psalm like no other. And we actually hear Jesus on the cross say, my God, my God, why are you saying he quotes yeah. it? Because he's showing, wait, he's actually, Jesus actually gives prophecy, fulfills prophecy, because what did they do with Jesus? All of his bones are on display. Yeah. All of these things. His, his clothes are sold. Yes. Like straw for garment and all these things. Yeah. So what's happening is there's actually prophecy found within the psalm and oh. it's actually pointing to Jesus. See, David, because Jesus comes from the line of David. We know that. Yes. So the, the Jew, the Jewish people who expected this warrior Messiah don't get it again. Because mm. let's be honest, when, you, when you're expecting a king to be a war, you expect a king to be a warrior, correct? Someone who leads well, the army into battle. and well, what, Yeah, and what the Jewish people were expecting w- was like a political revolution, mm-hmm. not a spiritual revolution. Mm-hmm. Like they thought they were going to be yeah. saved, but saved from the political powers, yeah. not saved from spiritual power. Eternal death. Yeah. You know. The thing is, though, when we look at the life of David, David was not this macho warrior guy either. He was not the macho warrior king. No, he's the David and Goliath, the little guy with the stone in the sling. Exactly. And I find it so interesting that Jesus comes from the line of David. Mm-hmm. He's not the big guy. He's not this macho, all war, all these things. It's very similar. Yeah. Because what's happening is it's showing a different, a different path. See, David was poetic. You didn't really have that as a king. No. In those times, like you go through all of all ages, medieval ages, all these things. Sure, you hear a king every once in a while, of, like really big into art and different things like that. David was different, though. Half of the songs that we have in scriptures are from David. Mm-hmm. He wrote of beauty. He wrote of wonder. He wrote of lament. He mm-hmm. all these things. But what we read in this one is how him and Jesus are so actually connected that Jesus quotes his ancestor in saying. 
my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because what mm. he knows is, is that the Jewish people hearing that would recognize that and say, oh my goodness. Yeah. He is the anointed one because it comes true. Um, what we read, you know, his clothes are sold and, you know, he's afflicted and, you know, he's put on display and all these other things. Mm-hmm. This prophecy is actually coming true. And then we read after verse 24, it changes again. And it says, from you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. For those who fear you, I will fulfill my vow. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. Um, all, the, all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down in the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. We have three language switches. So three mm-hmm. main language switches. So yes, this psalm is about lament. Mm-hmm. This is a psalm found within lament. But at the same time, it is a psalm of prophecy. It is a psalm of trust. And it's a psalm of praise. Hmm. There's so many actual things coming out of this psalm. It's a real roller coaster. It is. Yeah. Because this language switch, again, is one of, okay, we've had this talk of lament. We've had this talk of trusting God. We've had this talk of knowing God practically since birth. And we have this prophecy to, to the Messiah. But then we have this language switch where it says, God, you are above all. Mm-hmm. That those who trust in you will come to know you, that you will do great and amazing things that to this generation unborn, that they will say he has done it. Mm-hmm. Calling that future generations will one day say, God has done it. God is there. Mm. God is beautiful in majesty and wonder. And so this psalm is a roller coaster, like you said. Yeah. It goes through all different kinds of emotions. And I think the main thing to take from this psalm in our own context is that. When we go to God in prayer, when we go to God and we talk to God, I really dislike this idea of the really nice Christian prayer. <laughs> I dislike it. I, I do. Like you just, you sit and you bow your head or you put your hands together and you just say, oh, dear God, thank you. Thank you so much. But I'm really struggling. No. You can be angry. <laughs> you can be upset. David calls God out and says, yeah. why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Like, I'm, well, I thought we were good. I thought, you know, things were, things were going all right. But no, why are so many people against me? Why am I feeling struggle? In our world today, like in our, in our society today, I think it's easy as a Christian to feel like the world's kind of against us. Yeah. Like, it it mm-hmm. feels like there's no support for Christians sometimes, it may feel like. Yeah. I think of our high school students who go to school and have to hear everything shoved down them and things they don't agree with, yet they have to sit there. Yep. I, ha- I feel like I, want, I like teaching them to say, it's okay to go to God angry. It's okay to go to God upset. Because if we think that God can't handle us upset, how do we expect him to handle the things that are going on in our lives? Mm-hmm. We have to stop putting God in the box. Well, and newsflash, he already knows if you're upset. He knows. So if you don't... <laughs> He already knows so like, it's, it's not like it's you can't keep a secret yeah. from god so we, we need to take the yeah. mask off of ourselves of god yeah and allow our true selves to actually be with god yeah because he knows our true selves yeah of he course. knows who we are we need to be like david 
and mm-hmm. actually be god what the heck yeah sometimes but i think david gives us a really good model in saying that yeah i was angry at god and i was upset but at the same time i knew who god was mm-hmm. i knew he was someone who will still be there i knew he was someone that i can trust in even when it's bleak mm-hmm. even when it's dark to remind ourselves that god is someone who does not abandon us god is someone who will keep with us david calls him on god be closer to me there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. even today in our daily lives like you and me we can call on god to be like god i need you closer yeah take more control take the reins like i'm i'm not able to do this and what does god do he steps in every time every time mm-hmm. and so i think that for all of us what is needed is this call on our own lives this recognition on our own lives of i don't know the language to use um not like manning up but like take control a little bit of like you know what mm. this is my relationship with god yeah and you know what i can speak to him how i need to because he knows me and i know him yeah yeah mm. that's good that's good advice wes be honest with god be honest with god yeah awesome thank you yeah. very much If you'd like to get in touch with Pastor Wes, if you have any questions or you want to talk through anything, you can reach him at Wes at WayneFleetBIC.com. And my email address is Julie at WayneFleetBIC.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and we look forward to connecting with you next week. Have a great week. Bye.